Welcome or welcome back to the company of the cat. Today's video is more ranty than my normal stuff. I, I try not to rant, but I cannot promise anything. I want to talk about Lemora as a character in general and how important she is to the plot, why most of the theories don't make sense with the storyline, and give an idea of my own about her. Generally, I don't get invested in theories that much if I don't vibe with them. What I mean is, if I agree, I'm like, ooh, love that, and look more into it. If I don't, then I just don't take it into consideration, and this is it. If it is an extreme theory that is on the tinfoil territory, again, most likely I will laugh and appreciate the good time that I had. But the Lemore theories, and specifically the Asara is Lemore theory, gets me. And I think the reason is that some of the interactions I had with hardcore supporters of this theory made me want to rip my hair off. There is no logic in this theory. On top of that, it degrades the plot, George Martin's writing, and many characters that have interacted with her, like Tyrion. I think that the 11 years without a book made us run crazy with theories, and that includes me, by the way. That being said, having read enough stuff from Martin and seen what his preferences are on books and the way he talks about storytelling and writing, I find it crazy that a good amount of people in the fandom are sure that Martin wants to deceive us and outsmart us all, for some reason, that I don't get. So they come up with theories like Mans being Arthur or Darkstar being Rhaegar, and every person not being who they say they are, when there is zero backup for these theories, only because they are sure George did it to say, ha, I gotcha, in the end. Before everything, I want to say that I do not have a theory of my own about Asara, but I do agree with Indip Geek's theory about Asara being Gianna Reed, and she got infatuated with our short King Howland and not the Stark Boys. Not only it gives a better picture for Asara's character, but it explains many events that happened during and after Ned reached Dorne. If you haven't seen the video slash playlist, I would recommend it. It is great. I do have opinions about Lemore, though. Now, even after so many videos and people in the fandom in general debunking it, the Asara is Lemore theory is still by far the most popular. Like, I saw very recent videos and read the comments I searched on other forums, and people still stand by this. And my question is, why though? The eyes only should be evidence enough. Not only we do not have a color, which I find impossible if her eyes were the hunting purple and violet that Baristan and Kathleen described, but we do not have another description either of them being just haunting, or peculiar, or mesmerizing, or anything really. <laughs> we have instances where she's smiling at Tyrion, Tyrion looking at her face and then at her boobage, because he's a little creep, and he says nothing about her gaze or her eyes, except that sometimes it is teasing. She is described naked most of the time, so no color to describe, like young Griff's hair, and her robes are white since she's a septa, so again, no color destruction. If her eyes were purple, we would know. <laughs> Second thing is her age, Martin said that she is the same age as Ned, so mid-30s, and Lemore is over 40. In general, when someone says over 40, they do not mean 41, they mean mid-40s, otherwise they would say around 40. So Lemore and Asara have a decade age gap. And lastly, Lemore is described as handsome, which is an adjective most often used for men. 
and when used for women is mostly for sturdier looking with sharper and more masculine characteristics. In literature, people that are described as fair and pretty, especially female characters like Asara, are not described as handsome. Also, uh, Sarah, it was said that she was drop-dead gorgeous, not just fair and pretty. Lemore is handsome and easy on the eye, definitely not the same. But you know what? Let's pretend that her eyes are purple. And Tyrion just didn't say shit. <laughs> not only it is straight-up dumb writing, but it creates a huge plot hole too. Tyrion isn't 100% sold on the story about young Griff being Aegon. If a woman with purple eyes that had given birth at some point was on the boat, wouldn't he find it very suspicious? For sure his first thought would be, okay, the kid is not Aegon, it's hers. And because I did my research, as I said, to see what is going on in the fandom, I saw some people say something that was said to me once before, that the crystals are a Mel's ruby kind of thing and change her appearance with illusions. And no, no, they are not. The crystals are just that, the faith's crystals. Crystals and light are important element in the faith and they are worn by the most devout, also, they are everywhere in the sept and on the idol of the gods. First of all, we do not know what Mel's ruby does exactly. Yes, she used it to make an illusion around Rattleshirt, but to me it looks like that amplifies her power, helps her control it, or something similar. It is not used just for illusions. It gleams every time she uses magic. But most importantly, she doesn't take it off. At all. It is always in contact with her skin. Lemore takes this thing off every morning and she's in no rush to put it back on. She got on the boat, she started talk with Tyrion while still naked. She went on her clothes, took the crystals, started putting them on while smiling at Tyrion because she was very much aware that he was looking at how the crystals moved and pointed at her boobs. We do not have any indication or description that the crystals were gleaming unnaturally or something like that. Like... They are not mentioned at all, like the ruby, and for sure, she doesn't have a problem taking them off. Also, let's say they were magical, and the only thing they changed is her eye color, even though it's not the only difference. Connington would then know that she uses magic, because he is the one that thought of her as lady, so he would know that she somehow changes her appearance. Why not ask for a couple for himself and Aegon? If not for both of them, at least one for Aegon, since he has a freaking purple eyes that he has to hide very poorly with the use of hair dye. This is straight up madness. We are past the tinfoil territory at this point. The second most popular theory is that she is Tyenne's mom, and it would be a solid one. But Tyenne is very blonde, and I find it very improbable with Oberyn as dad and a brunette mother for Tyenne to be that fair. I have seen the white fawn theory, but we are not sure if she was a lady for sure, and I doubt John would be okay with her, to be honest. And lastly, this one was new to me, but people say it's Malora. First of all, for the way John, Lemore, and the rest interact, I get that they know each other pretty well and for quite a lot of time. Malora has the reputation of being mad in Old Town, and people know about her. So she was in Old Town and people were seeing her until they told us that she is locked in the high tower and searching for something along with her dad. So up until that point, she was in Old Town, meaning it was very, very difficult for her to be in Essos. And that brings me to my next point. Malora and the high towers have a storyline, a very important one at that. Freaking Euron Greyjoy. Malora is called Mad. And since people with dreams, visions, affinity for magic in general, are called mad most of the time, Aaron, Helena and Patch are the first that pop into mind, 
It is way more plausible to be locked in and searching for spells with your father than be in a completely random place, since people there don't have a reason to lie. And as I said before, John and Lemore seem to have been traveling together for quite some time. They didn't meet yesterday. I think that very often we forget a very important question we need to answer when we have theories. Again, myself included. How does this help the story? All in all, this isn't just world building, it's a story. The place is an event, the people involved are very, very important in how they help to move the plot. What exactly does Malora as Lemore provide to the story? Nothing. <laughs> that they would have all turned on their side? Who cares at this point? They have to deal with Euron, they wouldn't give two craps about Aegon. There is no way Malora just left to go and find grief, while they have way more serious problems since, again, from the way they talked about her and Leighton, they were coming in contact with people until the news about the Ironborn and Euron started to spread. On the other hand, Malora is very crucial to the Old Town and Euron storyline, since apparently on the Ritz there are people that are involved with magic. I don't think there are other theories that have this problem to that big an extent. People try so hard to find a person that fits Lemoore's description, but we forget to ask, how does that move the story, though? How does it help? Why would she? All these are very important stuff. Malora maybe fits the bill as far as age goes. And even though some of her sisters are described as very blonde and fair, there is no real reason for her to not be a brunette. But how her being Lamore would help? They are in the Stormlands now, and I doubt the Ritz is a priority of theirs. Malora wouldn't provide much to the storyline. And that brings me to Lamore as a character in general. How important is she really? Because in our mind, for some reason, we have her as a very important character and a catalyst, and we forget that she is the side of a side character. We got introduced to her in the last book, and she was not even the main subject of these chapters. John and Aegon were mentioned before, a lot, and they were not exactly hidden in their chapters. We know who they are. Same for Illyrio and Varys, of course. So I doubt Lemore's real identity is this groundbreaking piece of info that would shift the whole plot. Yes, Tyrion has the hot for her. She had a life before she was a Scepter. Like most of them, they were not born Scepters. She is Westerosi, again not crazy, since Westeros is the central region where the faith is dominant. And she was a lady, since John referred to her as Lady Lemore. So in my humble opinion, Lemore is a very minor character that we help the plot to move, but not shift it to the extent we think. We won't need five chapters at least, explaining how the hell is with them and why. My suggestion might be completely underwhelming to many people, but if we indeed have heard of her in previous chapters, then I think she's Lady Jane Swan, and I hear people say, what are you talking about? Who is that? <laughs> In A Storm of Swords and A Fist for Crows, we learn about the Kingswood Brotherhood, an infamous outlaw organization led by Simon Toyne during the reign of King Aerys, that was operating out of the Kingswood. They were kidnapping several nobles and evaded some early attempts to capture them. The problem was so big at some point that Aerys sent Kingsguards and soldiers, Sir Barristan being one of them. There he rescued Lady Jane Swan and her Septa from the Kingswood Brotherhood, slaying Simon Toyne and defeating the Smiling Knight. This took place the same year the tourney at Harrenhal took place. The Smiling Knight's reputation was similar to Gregor's. The dude was described as twice as mad as the mountain. Pretty sure Jane and her Septa wouldn't have had a good time. So both of them being assaulted, and maybe one of them got pregnant too, sounds very plausible to me, sadly, 
especially when they had a huge beef with lords and highborns, and they had a lady from a very old and famous house on their hand. Even the song we know about them had the lyrics no man's gold was from them, nor any maiden's hand. We do have quite a lot of bits about the Brotherhood in Arya, John, Sam and Jamie chapters, and we know that Baristan not only was involved, but also killed the leader and saved the lady. On top of that, we know at least one person was from a village near Stonehelm, the seat of House One. Baristan most likely was familiar with Jane, considering he was a squire for Manfred Swan and is also a Stormlander that took part in the tourney at Storm's End, same as John Connington. Jane, being a member of one of the primary noble houses of the Stormlands, for sure was at the tourney too, and knew both of these people. At this point, we have no idea what Jane is doing, even though we have seen quite a lot of members of the house. Plus, we do not know what she looked like or her age, meaning that the extremely vague description of Lemur is not a problem. Because, let's be honest, having given a birth and over 40 with brown hair is nothing. It would be pretty much the same if we didn't have half of this information. A person like her doesn't need a crazy background. We have a story we can put two and two together on how she got there. Becoming a septa after an unwanted pregnancy is very common, and especially for highborn ladies, and she would have known John. Illyrio and Varys' choice of people for recruitment is very calculated, let's be honest. They didn't just go to random people. Stormlands would be one of the most difficult places to have on their side, considering House Baratheon is from the Stormlands. Having more than one person familiar with the area is very, very useful. Right now, they are trying to take the Stormlands and are on Cape Wrath, so very close to Stonehelm. If Lemore is indeed Jane, because obviously it's only a speculation on my part, I'm not sure, she might be able to tell them how Stonehelm is guarded, also potential gates or alternative ways to get in, and if Barristan returns to Westeros and continues to support Danny, and he's gonna support her, I doubt he will switch side, it would be very unlikely shift for the character, Lemore becomes a completely wild card, because yes, she cares about Aegon and looks like she is friend with Jon and the rest, but Baristan saved her life and there is always the possibility she knew him before that too, since he squired for her house. This is it pretty much. I don't believe Lemore is that important in the story, and if she is a person that we have heard of, then I'm gonna go with Jane. She can shift the storyline and help the plot threads that she is involved with, and this is it. I don't think she's gonna be some sort of a catalyst that will turn the story upside down. This is it for today. Thanks a lot for watching. I hope you enjoyed the video and weren't disappointed with a very mild theory about Lemore. Uh, if you did, press a like, leave a comment, and subscribe to the channel, and join our ranks if you haven't. And see you in the next video. Oh, that is not gonna be next week. I don't know, it would probably be in around 10 days. So yeah, see you then. Bye!